2015. So I met him there and probably talked to him about four times over the last few years on the phone and, uh, you know, certainly knew a lot about him and he was always a total class act and, uh, I enjoyed my dealings with him very much. Yeah. Uh, by the way, for those who are just tuning in, haven't heard the news, Tavares Jackson killed in a one-car crash last night near his hometown of Montgomery, Alabama, just 36 years old, drafted by the Vikings, second round, 2006. In the first round, Chad Greenway was the Vikings' choice, and they came into rookie camp together. Chad was on our show last hour. We'll replay most of that interview about an hour from now here on Craig and John, but... Uh, Tavares was with the Vikings from 2006 to 2010. Just a little more insight into your conversation with him, because I've heard nothing, but he was a nice guy. He was extremely professional. What did you guys talk about, and, and what specific things struck you about him in your chance to meet him? Well, I remember talking to him in 2015, entering free agency and entering what turned out to be his last NFL season. He really had great interest in returning and joining the Vikings in 2015 as the backup at that point to Teddy Bridgewater, but they ended up going with uh, Sean Hill, and then um, Jackson ended up uh, playing re-signing with the Seattle Seahawks. That was the team he played for of his last five years with and won a Super Bowl ring in 2013 as Russell Wilson's backup. But then in the summer of 2016, Jackson had some legal problems. He was arrested for a alleged domestic assault and allegedly pulling a gun on his wife when they were down in near uh, Walt Disney World in um, the summer of 2016. Those charges ended up being dropped, and I had a candid conversation with Tavares in January of 2018, and even though those charges ended up being dropped, he pretty much said after that he never got any calls Hmm. for uh, an NFL offer, and that that situation pretty much ended his NFL career. But at that point, he was going into coaching, and uh, he went back to his alma mater in 2018 and became a graduate assistant. I think the last time I talked to him maybe was December of 2018. And then he moved on to become quarterback's coach at Tennessee State, and he had said his goal was to become a coach in the NFL, and uh, unfortunately it all ended prematurely i had a chance to talk to brad childress today the former vikings coach and he did mention that Tavares was getting his life back in order and it looked like he had a bright coaching career and then obviously uh it all came to an end uh last night in uh his native alabama with the car crash chris thomason he's with the saint paul pioneer press joining us here sports talk with Craig and John on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. News out of the NFL today, Chris, as a Christian McCaffrey, highest paid running back in the history of the NFL, going to get $16 million per year. What does that do with the negotiations for Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings? Well, I don't think it's good news for the Vikings from the standpoint I had a chance to talk to Dalvin last week and uh 
He said, I'm the best running back in the NFL. He believes that. His camp believes that. And they certainly were paying close attention to the McCaffrey negotiations. So he's getting an average of $16 million a year. I can't, you know, so I certainly imagine the Vic, the um, Cooks camp is going to be looking, if not for that exact amount, somewhere in the uh, general vicinity of that amount. And obviously the Vikings, as has been well chronicled, have salary cap issues. So uh could be very interesting negotiations for a possible extension, and we'll see if the Vikings end up maybe just playing it out and possibly franchising him after this coming season. Uh, I was going to ask about that because he, he's he signed for next year, but it's a one-year deal. If nothing gets done, is he going to be a little upset over the next year if he doesn't get an extension? Well, you know, he's said he's going to let business take care of business, and he's given no indication that he's going to be holding out or anything along those lines. Of course, we don't even know when players are next going to be going to facilities or if there's even going to be a season this year. So uh, obviously that's far down the road. But, um, you know, if if a deal doesn't get done, the Vikings, under the new collective bargain agreement, the franchise and the transition tag, are still intact. They can use one per year. So uh, Kirk Cousins is obviously locked up for the next three years, so he's not a candidate for that. So uh, I would imagine they're thinking if they can't get a deal done that uh, Cook will get the franchise or the transition tag after this coming season, assuming he has a solid season and remains healthy and all that. I guess the question is how worthy, in your opinion, Chris, is Dalvin Cook for a new long-term deal somewhere in the ballpark of Christian McCaffrey's? Well, I mean, I think uh, he's certainly worthy of being locked up, but that's a heck of a lot of money, and this is a team, as you know, that's let 12 players go and only brought in four over the last month because this team, and they just signed Kirk Cousins to a huge contract extension. I don't see any way that at this point they can get that kind of salary on their books without letting even more players go. So I think uh, unless Cook is willing to take a real team-friendly deal, it seems like this is a situation where the Vikings might be most prudent to kind of let it play out because they have – the franchise tag and the transition tag, and then obviously Dalvin has that injury season, has that injury concerns in all three of his seasons, so he has yet to have a fully healthy season. Yeah, and when it comes to what could be next, I mean, this is a run-heavy offense, passed the third least amount in the NFL last year and was top three in rushing attempts, and it's built around Dalvin Cook and a zone-block running scheme from from Dennison and from Gary Kubiak, who's now taking over as OC, so it's still running back-oriented, and if they decide they just don't want to afford or try to afford Dalvin Cook beyond this upcoming year, and if a franchise deal doesn't work out the next year, assuming he does, isn't, isn't the long-term answer for the Vikings, how much of a drop-off is it from Dalvin Cook to, say, Alexander Madison, as in how much will it affect the Vikings' offense and chances of contending for Super Bowls without Dalvin Cook around? 
Well, at this point, just look to last season. Dalvin Cook misses all of the Green Bay game and the Vikings struggle offensively in December. He misses, uh, and two weeks earlier, or three weeks earlier, he missed uh, most of the second half of the Seattle game, and then the Vikings quickly fall behind by a lot after he's out of the game. If you have Cook in those two games and the Vikings win them both, the entire complexion of the season is different. I mean, maybe they have a bye in the first round of the playoffs, and then maybe they're playing San Francisco, at least, in the NFC Championship game, perhaps rather than just in the divisional round. Uh, it should be mentioned, the Green Bay game, they didn't have Madison either. They were down to their third-string guy, Boone. They did have Madison um, in the Seattle game. But uh, the bottom line, he makes a huge difference, and I think we'll have to see more from Madison to see what kind of drop-off there might be. So if the Vikings don't sign Cook to an extension for this season, I mean, I'm sure they're going to want to find out how much of a drop-off, if there is a major drop-off, there is when they play Madison this coming season, and that's all going to come into the into play for the future. Sure. Chris, I got one more for you. The NFL draft is a week from Thursday. Any idea how what you've been told and how the Vikings will handle the draft next week? Well, they're keeping it close to the vest, so I profess to have no inside knowledge, but I think with one of those first-round picks, they pretty much have to take a cornerback, I would think, at either 22 or 25. I think they don't necessarily have to take a wide receiver in the first round because there's so much depth in the wide receiver class that they can still get a high-quality guy second round or or beyond, and I'm sure they'll draft a couple of wide receivers. But uh, Mike Zimmer is fond of saying you can never have too many cornerbacks, and he, uh, the Vikings took one in the first round with Trey Waynes in 2015, one in the first round with Mike Hughes in 2018, and then also Mackenzie Alexander. They took one in the second round in 2016. So uh, look for cornerbacks early. Chris Thomason, Pioneer Press. We're rounding it out here on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. I'll leave with a couple questions about recent telephone interviews you've had. One of them was with Diggs. How much do you make or connect to his uh, telling you about how it hurt that Stefan Diggs is no longer a Viking and that he was traded away. And it was mainly because the two obviously got along very well. But do you think that impacts at all what happens in the future with, with Dalvin in Minnesota? Uh, yeah, I think you referred to a chance to talk to Dalvin uh, yeah. at length uh, last Thursday uh, about a variety of topics, and among them were Stefan Diggs, and he was quite candid, pretty much saying, yeah, he was hurt when uh, Diggs was traded and uh, that sort of thing, but pretty much admitted, yeah, he was unhappy. He didn't uh, profess to know exactly why Diggs was so unhappy, and Dalvin also was disappointed to see so many veterans leave, but he pretty much said, hey, you know, we're going to have a younger team, and I think we can still be contenders and the young guys need to step up you know i don't think anybody is uh thrilled at seeing Diggs on offense having departed 
So, uh, you know, Adam Thielen came out and uh, said on the uh, radio down here, he called it a bummer, breaking mm-hmm. up that uh, perhaps the top wide receiver duo in the NFL. And uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be talking to the media on a conference call this week. So it'll be interesting to see what he says. But the Vikings are going to have to obviously get an upper echelon type receiver in the draft, some guy that can step right in and play significant snaps to make up for that loss. You mentioned Dalvin Cook wasn't quite sure why Stephon Diggs was unhappy. What what did you find, or what are your inklings on why he wasn't that happy? I mean, most people seem to think that the Vikings going to a more run-oriented attack, as they did last year, less targets for digs and that sort of thing. And he wants to go somewhere where he's the man, he's the guy. And uh, I know he's obviously been paired with Thielen for uh, several years, and they've had a great combination, and they're good friends. And But I think Diggs just wants to be the guy, the receiver, the star, and uh, we'll see if that's what happens in Buffalo. Uh, last one, another conversation you just had was with Antoine Winfield Jr. He was a teammate of Tavares Jackson's as well, but I'd love to know uh, what you learned from that conversation because obviously he also has a son that is uh, – Golden Gopher, who's at a position of need for the Vikings? Well, I talked to uh, Junior, the son. Oh, you and, talked uh, to Junior, okay. Yeah, no, I, you guys just have to see what's in Sunday's paper. Oh, there you, you go. Uh, well done, Chris. <laughs> nice. We will. We're looking forward to that. Um, and the, the last, last one I had for you is the follow-up on Tavares. When you went back and talked to him about how that 2016 domestic assault uh, Accusation, which the charge was eventually dropped. What kind of bitterness or regret or anything did he have about that situation or uh, the fact that his employment in the NFL was pretty much over after that? Well, he did admit that he kind of initially had not told the truth to the police because it came out in the media that a gun was involved and that sort of thing, and at least according to Tavares, speaking a year and a half after the incident, he said that what happened is he told the police there was no gun, and then they searched the condo, I believe he was staying at, and they found a gun in the condo, but it wasn't present or near any of their three kids. But that didn't initially help his legal situation when he said there's no gun here, and they found one, and uh, they eventually were able to drop the charges. But, you know, he was a fringe player. At the time, would he have gotten another contract? I mean, he'd been in the league 10 years, a career backup type of guy mostly. I mean, who knows? But he kind of seemed to think that, you know, once that incident surfaced, then uh, teams were going to – that was a reason for teams to kind of look elsewhere yeah. when they were uh, searching for a backup quarterback. But uh, at that point, when I talked to him, he was looking forward to – the next phase of his life and excited about getting back into coaching. And he returned to his alma mater as a graduate assistant in 2018, Alabama state. So he was willing to kind of start at the bottom and he was slowly working his way up quarterbacks coach at Tennessee state and uh, still at 36, relatively young. And it's just all very unfortunate that it, uh, 
all came to an end last night. Chris, I know it's been a busy day. Thank you for so so much for spending time with us here in Sioux Falls. Thanks, Chris. All right, really appreciate it. Good luck to you guys. All right, Chris Thomason, Vikings beat writer from the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. Sports Talk with Craig and John, our weekly football digs with Sioux Falls Storm coach Curtis Riggs as the NFL folds up shop, and we'll get his takeaway from Tavares Jackson and the McCaffrey mega contract with the Panthers. Four years, $64 million next on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. Get the latest local sports news, scores, schedules, and columns from John Gaskins by going to kwsn.com. Also hear the station live and Craig and John segments on demand at kwsn.com.